welcome. Good morning. It looks like we're live. Yes. Coming to you live. Um, welcome. This is Are You There, God? It's Kira and Phil, and I am the Reverend Kira Austin Young, priest in charge of St. Anne's Episcopal Church in Nashville, Tennessee. And I'm the Reverend Philip Duvall, uh, Rector of Church of the Redeemer in Cincinnati, Ohio, the Queen City. Uh, it is so good to be with you. I've never, the Reverend Kira Austin Young. I mean, it's true. Those are our right. titles. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I love about those titles, by the way? What do you love about it? Is that you're literally telling someone I should be revered. Like that's what reverend means. One who is to be revered. So it's like, none, it's not the reverend, right? It's not like they're, it's not like we're being called reverent people. It's like we no, are telling people we, we should be revered. Don't forget, to well, re just like, don't forget to revere me. Yeah. But even telling people I went I was going to graduate school to get my master's of divinity. Like there's a whole lot of, yes. Well, I, that's, you know, I, as if divinity is something that can be mastered well, that's, or that so, I am. So I have feelings about that too. Afterwards. Right. I, I have feelings about that too, because, um, it, 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 it turns out, um, like at, at, at the Virginia seminary, um, I'm almost 99% sure. I'm pretty sure my degree says, uh, masters in divinity which I think mm. is slightly more like slightly divinity, divinity as a subject. I have my master's degree in that topic, but mm. master of divinity. Yes. It feels a little bit um, gauche. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a little, which is one of my favorite words, by the way, it, it is um, it feels a little um, uh, what's that word. I'm trying to remember think of that word. Like, uh, like, you know, when Jesus says like, don't sit at the head of the table because someone might show up who's more important than you and tell you to move down. So always start at the lowest part of the table and maybe they'll invite you up. Yeah. Like, like I always, whenever like, you're like, oh, uh, you know, I'm a master of divinity. I feel, or I'm reverend. I feel like it's like, I'll be at the head of the table if you need me. <laughs> and then someone's going to show up and be like, mm, no. Mm, no, not you. No. So anyways, but here we all are being reverend and whatnot. Hey, how's your last week been Kira? Um, it's, it's been okay. I think we were just mm -hmm. sharing with each other before we got live that we've both been uh, just pretty busy. I mm -hmm. the there's a writer whose uh, newsletter I enjoy reading, and he he said in this week he was like, so October 2021 is the month when all of the 2020 weddings are happening. Yes, and um, that has been true for me both as a an officiant and as a a friend and yeah. attendee of yeah of said weddings so um i've done three weddings in the last month and i have a funeral that was from someone who died last year this yeah. week yeah and uh, I, none of them are ones that they're all ones that i'm involved in um if someone invites me to a wedding as a guest i just i'm just stopping their friend and then that, i don't have, to have that problem anymore <laughs> i'm done i'm done being friends with people getting married that's over unless <laughs> unless you're unless i'm part of it and that's not because I'm cocky and think I deserve to be a part of it. It's just because I'm tired and I don't want to go to weddings anymore. And so, you know, but I've, it's been, it's, it is, it's true. It's wedding season. Yeah. How many you got? Um, so I did one two weeks ago and I've got one next week. Yeah. I realized that this coming weekend is my birthday weekend and all I want to do is nothing. Yeah. Like, because I'm. <laughs> yes. So. Um... Happy birthday, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. I hope, I hope, I hope you get to do nothing and I hope it's all you ever dreamed. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, my birthday is actually next Monday, but like, I was trying to think about like, how would I observe it this weekend? And I was just like, I've already got enough stuff on the calendar. I sort of don't really yeah. 
want to do anything. I just want to chill. So that makes sense. That makes total yeah. sense. We've got another wedding coming up at the first weekend of November too. So nice. Um, I have a wedding sometime in November and then I've got a couple already lined up for, I think we've got two lined up for next spring. So did really you, lovely. yeah, I, I mean, I love them. I, I did a really lovely um, interment this Saturday at mm. one of my favorite cemeteries in town. And I love um, sentences like that. I just love sentences <laughs> like that. A really in lovely, like, a really lovely interment. <laughs> at one of my favorite cemeteries in town, a sentence that every clergy person, if not has said, at least has known and felt in their heart. Yes. Yep. Yep. Um, Because it's like the kind of historic uh, Nashville cemetery and the woman who died was 96. And so her family, you know, generations of people are buried in um, this plot in this historic cemetery. And, you know, I mean, it's like what you think of when you think of a cemetery, there's big, yeah. you know, mausoleum like yeah, yeah. structures and big stone, um, you know, sculptures and obelisks and, yes. you know, yes. some of the, the real famous people who were not necessarily like buried in like the city or state cemeteries, uh, but their names are on all the pikes and everything in town. You know, you know who these names are just if you spend a lot of time around town. Um, they're all all buried there. And it was, um, it's just, it feels like a very thin place in a way, because it's just, it's on top of this hill, um, just right kind of outside of downtown. And I, I don't know, I feel the kind of weight of the weight of both death and mortality and mm -hmm. also kind of transcendence there. Um, That's awesome. So it's, it's worth, I, we have one of those artists. Spooky spring season. <laughs> What's that? We're in spooky season now. <laughs> we are in spooky. Yeah. Hey, this is thematically appropriate. I mean, first of all, you can always talk about death with me, Kira, always. Thank you. But uh, always. Can, people don't know that uh, at least three quarters of my, of Kira's and my friendship is me sending her memes on Instagram of skeletons. That's like, that's pretty much how we developed our friendship. Uh, <laughs> skeletons dancing and possums. I think that's pretty much. That's yeah. I was thinking about um, the other day about how chaotic my Instagram stories are yeah. because I've started to have like some friends or some yeah. parishioners like follow me on Instagram and I'm like, yes. Ugh, I'm sorry, you're seeing the inside of my brain like this. Yes. I now I mean, I, I have had mostly, I mean, I've had parishioners, very few parishioners follow me on Instagram, which is part of the reason why I kind of let loose on the stories. Mm -hmm. And I'm much less measured there than I am anywhere else, like in terms of Facebook or anything else. But I have had a few people kind of say something they usually are complimentary, but every once in a while it's sort of like, wow, like didn't know that you were so dark. And I was like, yeah. and I, I, I literally, I was having lunch with someone who is a wonderful person in our church and, and uh, she's dealing with uh, cancer right now and she's going through cancer treatment and I, we were talking about it and, you know, we've all, we've been through this in our lives and with our, in our mm -hmm. professions and so we're talking and then she said something, she goes, you know, I love your, your stories on Instagram. And I was like, you follow me on Instagram? She's like, yeah. And I was like, you look at my stories, huh? She's like, yeah. And I was like, How, how's that going? She's like, oh no, I like it. You're pretty dark. And I was like, yeah, um, I'm holding back. And she goes, you're holding back there? I'm like, yeah, I'm holding back. She's like, wow. I was like, yeah. So I guess what I'm saying is if things get dark for you and you ever want to talk to me, clearly you're not going to freak me out. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you for sure. By the way, I, I have to, have to pause for a second and highlight Leslie Martin's fantastic comment 
about wedding season two and calling it wedding season two electric boogaloo. Yes. <laughs> I had my, my best friends from high school, anytime anything was, we would always just come up with some random sequel and then call it like, you know, break electric, electric boogaloo every time, <laughs> you know, like some God, do you want to watch Godfather two? Like electric boogaloo, you know, like, no, not electric boogaloo. Don't do that to Godfather two. Just checking, just checking. Right. <laughs> you know. So anyways, I love that. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, well, Kira, we have a pretty guys, Kira friends I'm trying to get rid of saying guys, friends, Kira's, uh, Kira came up with a topic for today. Well, we um, had, we had chatted about it previously. That's true. That's and, true. um, I wanted to start by asking you, did you have, um, a blessing of the animals at church of the redeemer? We did. This, and this weekend or you we have did it on Sunday. Or? We our, our tradition okay. is to do it is to celebrate on the Sunday closest to the feast of St. Francis. Mm -hmm. And at the five o'clock service, which is generally our Eucharist in the Celtic tradition. And then we add a blessing of the animals to that. And we usually move it outside though. This time it was, it was raining. So we did have it yeah. indoors, um, but it worked out just fine. As far as I understand, I was not there. This is the first, I was coming back from a wedding in New York and it was one of the first, it's the first time since I've been a priest actually that I missed blessing of the animals. It's also sort of an auspicious uh, occasion for me uh, in my head anyway, no one else, but in my head, because uh, my first Sunday at Redeemer was five years ago on October 2nd. And there we had blessing of the animals on my first Sunday. Oh, and then yeah. I went immediately kind of over to- for you. Yes, yes. And then I immediately went over to a hospice center and did last rites for a parishioner. The, my first day on the job. Wow. It was, it was awesome. I mean, it was horrible and we were very sad. But to this day, right. the, that parishioner's husband and I are very close and have a great relationship. And he points, he'll, he'll, he'll point out like Phil's first day on the job. He was there with my wife. Like, like, so, but like, that was, it was like all the things you do in parish ministry all in one day, including Beth. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so anyways, um, but yeah, yeah. I love blessing of the animals. Um, uh, it's ridiculous. And I love it. <laughs> when you say it's ridiculous, what do you, what part is ridiculous? Oh gosh. Um, well, it's the same readings every year. Okay. It's, it's us yeah. trying to kind of create, like we like we are insistent that it be in the context of a Eucharistic liturgy. Mm. Um, and people are, it's ridiculous in maybe the best sense of the word, but like everybody's just in a totally different headspace. Um, yeah. Um, you know, um, anyways, you, you know, th then there's like, We've had people never during the service, but after be like, well, like what, could my dog take communion, you know? And you're like, mm. no. And then they're like, uh, I'm like, and then someone's like, well, since they can't take communion, maybe we should have treats for them. And it's, it's a whole thing. All that being said, uh, I love it. I mean, I love people's animals. Yeah. It's I think like, I'd rather just, we all hang out with our animals than me have to put on like vestments, vestments and like do a liturgy when I'm like, can't, can't we just all hang out with our animals and dig each other? You know, like, do you really need to hear me preach right now? Yeah, um, it's definitely a little chaotic, almost yeah. always. Yep, yep. And that, and yes, Leslie points out that her mom, Carolyn, was a big part of starting the Blessing of the Animals at Redeemer because it's her birthday too. Her birthday is October 2nd um, or October 3rd, I think her birthday is, or 4th, her birthday is October 4th, which is the Feast of St. Francis. Feast of St. Francis, um, yes. So yeah, and cats always freak out. Uh, there's one guy that usually brings a chicken um, I really want to get an elephant to blessing the animals one day. 
Oh, wow. I just want to, if it's going to be ridiculous, like I want it to be ridiculous. Just go full on. I mean, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Like I want it to be absurd. I tried back in California, Krista's grandma, uh, my wife's grandmother, she, she has a ranch, a horse ranch mm-hmm. and, and a cattle ranch. And I really wanted to try to get her to bring some cattle and horses, like drive them into the city on an inner trailer and like bring them out. It never worked out, but I wanted to do a blessing of the livestock just because it's yeah. like, let's just take this thing to the next level. Right. I don't know you, what do you think about it? Um, did you have you know, it? I love, I love it. I, um, did you have it, it was, at the church on Sunday? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this, this year was a little kind of not that well attended. It had been kind of raining off and on all weekend basically. And, um, I think a lot of people kind of opted out, but last year when we were mostly online and we had a really nice day for blessing of the animals, like people came out and we were able to, you know, it's a natural thing to do outside. So it was really yeah. easy for people to be outside. Um, I grew up going to an Episcopal school and like blessing of the animals day was like the best day. And, um, and I think as a kid and even as an adult, like for the church to offer a blessing of something in your life that is so important to like your, your family, your experience of the world, your kind of day-to-day um day-to-day life but that isn't often kind of shared with the church I think is is really important um and it it especially was for me as a kid of just like oh hey the church I think my cat is important and the church thinks my cat is important to me yes and like and um there was some a little chatter this year about like how ridiculous yeah how ridiculous animal blessings are how it isn't really in the true spirit of um saint francis's ministry and um you know i just had a big reaction of like why why do you guys want to like poo poo all over you feel like i feel like you feel like steve carell in the office when he's like you are a thief of joy yes why why are why are you the way that you are yeah. I hate so many things about the way you choose to be. First of all, if anyone wants to things to be more in the manner of St. Francis of Assisi and they're complaining about it, then they need to give up every single one of their possessions, period. Yeah. <laughs> and if you're not willing to give up every single one of your possessions, which I'm definitely not, then shut up. And I know that's not like a nice thing to say, but honestly, if you're not willing to give up all of your possessions, shut up about St. Francis and allow us all to bless some animals. That's it. That's right. all. That's my whole thing. Like, and like of any time in the world, you know, again, I, right. I've kind of formulated our, of same, all the our times. animal blessing. Yeah. I'm, I've sort of formulated our animal blessing to be kind of take, I've taken it in the direction of like creation care and prayers for creation of which our pets and other animals are a part. And, um, I mean, what a time to pray yeah. for creation and to have a renewed yeah. appreciation for, um, and, and commit to care for creation more broadly, yep. you know, and not just, um, the pets in our, in our households yes. or in our, on our property. Um, and so like, uh, yeah, I got I got kind of bent out of shape about people being grumpy about it. <laughs> right. Well, and you were saying like now, not I mean everything you just said, yes, and also 
our pets have been some of the things that have helped us the most through this impossible time. Yes. And what, one of the things I, again, I wasn't there on Sunday, but what I, and it was hard to not be there, but one of the things I, I love about blessing of the animals is when you see people interact, when you see people with their pets and you see them like, like you, and, and like, you see them differently. Mm-hmm. You see you like, there's a beautiful sort of vulnerability and personal sort of like they're giving, they're showing something of their personal self. Yeah, exactly. Right? It's, 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 it's like, it's a little bit like they invited you into their house and didn't clean up first. <laughs> right. Like yeah. it didn't apologize or maybe they apologize a little bit, but it is what it is. Like, it's such a weird, you know, people are so, people are so, we're so guarded even when we don't mean to be. And our lives are so curated and how people see our lives. I mean, it's great that we've been able to use social media and, and Zoom and things to connect. But we also, I mean, look at this. Look at how I like, I was actually, like I'm framed by these windows. You. <laughs> and I wasn't framed perfectly, so I moved. And paying attention to which hat I wear and all this stuff. Look, I'm fixing it again. Nope, I don't like that. I'll move it back like this. There you go. And we do all that. Like you moved your chair over there. You know, we do these things. Yeah, I like make great. sure and clean up before. Right. <laughs> Y'all, she can't keep her chair there. She wouldn't be able to get out of the door. Okay. But it looks good and it makes sense for this picture. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with us doing that. In fact, when people don't curate their Zoom backgrounds, I'm always like, could you have thrown it a, could you go a little effort? Just yeah. <laughs> like, this is a job interview. Could you throw in a little effort? I'm just saying. Um, but anyways, so, but yeah, but then you, but when you like see their pets, you see some different side of them. Because mm-hmm. if their pet sucks, but they love that pet anyway, you see that. <laughs> like you see that and that's great. Like, oh, this is my dog who hates everybody, including me. And he might try to bite you while you bless him. Will you bless him? And I'm like, yeah, right. yeah. 100% will. And he's like, yeah, I have to keep him over here. I mean, like that whole thing, that whole right. energy. I used to bring my dog Django and um, for the up until the last couple of years of his life, I had to have someone else hold him while I was doing stuff and not just Krista because there were, the other dogs got him all worked up. The last yeah. couple of years, he was just chill. He was like, whatever, we're good. I'm not. Yeah, I'm I mean, that out. was me this year. <laughs> with, right, with, yeah, she was, she was freaking out with. Uh, uh, yeah, oh I mean, we, um, so we are, we've done three sessions of our group obedience class yeah. and I was like, she's doing really well. Let's, I'm going to see how she does at blessing of the animals. And we kind of like got to the church early and we're working on remaining calm. And then other dogs and people started getting there. And she was just like, Oh, hello. (laughs) So good to see everybody. And this is amazing. This is amazing. And like not every dog or person wants to be greeted with that level of enthusiasm. (laughs) I do by the, for the way, for the record, I all, I always want to be greeted with that kind of enthusiasm by both dogs and humans. And humans. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, and like she, you know, was was chatting with some other dogs and barking. You know, they were barking back and forth, and uh, eventually she kind of she got to the point where she calmed down a little bit. Yeah. But um, it was a little stressful for me as somebody who was trying to lead it, and I was like, I should have, I should have made Michael come and handle the dog. It's so hard. It's so hard. <laughs> There's a really great picture of, of the last the last two, but the second to last blessing of the animals of Django's life 
I'm standing up uh, in full vestments on this little pedestal outside and he's lying down behind me at my feet Aww. and the shot is from behind. So you see, the, you see all the people with all their pets and me talking to them and this little dog hanging out. He's not little at all, but big boy hanging out at my feet. The last couple of years he could do that. He was, he was chill like that. And I really liked that. There was one year back in California where it was always outside because it's California. And then wonder of wonders, it rained that day. So we ended up bringing all the pets mm -hmm. inside. And I was just like, guys, we can handle this. But it was, it was great. Um, Leslie asks a really actually fantastic theological question. Do we bless the water in the bowls for the animals? And she's asking because in a previous conversation, when we were talking about the consecrated wine. She says mm -hmm. about excess blessed things being carefully disposed of and animals just splash it everywhere. So I'm actually just curious. Um, and I mean, I have my answer ready to go, but do you want to feel this or do you want me to feel that, Kira? Um, I, I don't bless the water in the bowls. So. No, but I mean, in terms of okay. understanding the difference. Yeah, um, you, you go for it. Okay. <laughs> I'll be interested to see what you well, have I to wanna say. say I want to say there's a difference between blessing something and consecrating something. Yes. Okay. And I know that we get those mixed up sometimes because we will use the words bless to consecrate something. That's why it's tricky. But consecrated water and wine are used for very specific purposes. The consecrated water is used for baptism uh, or blessed holy water. But holy literally means is the same word that is used like hagias holy uh, in, in, in uh, uh, Latin, I think it becomes um, sanctus, that's where you get that uh, sanctified, like saints. We get the term saints from there, but it's that set apart, consecrated. All those words mean basically the same thing. Holy actually doesn't mean perfect. Holy just means set apart for a specific use, okay, um, for, for divine use. Um, so uh, holy water that is water that has been blessed for the purpose, consecrated for the purpose of baptism. Um, um, and and wine and water and wine and bread, same thing. They have been consecrated for the purpose of communion. So we dispose of those things carefully because they are have been used for one thing and they're only supposed to be used for that one thing. And then we want to dispose of it honor, honorably or with, with grace and dignity, whatever fancy language you use. Blessing something doesn't have to mean a consecration. If I bless someone when they come up and instead of taking communion, they ask for a blessing, I'm not consecrating them so they can't wash their head ever or, you know, or else and they're not being set apart for holy use inherently, although we would love for people to see their lives that way, but we're actually pronouncing God's blessing on something. So when we bless our animals, we're not consecrating them for the divine, for divine use. We are proclaiming God's blessing upon that thing. Now, all that being said, Kira's right. No, I do not bless or consecrate the water for the animals. We might in some places in one church I was at, we did bless, we used holy water that was like baptismal mm -hmm. water. And we like sprinkled. used it to sprinkle with the, with, uh, with, I think we used rosemary bushes there. Um, cause we didn't have like a bunch of, 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 um, you know, those things. The asper aspergillium, aspergillium. Yes. We didn't have a bunch of aspergillium. So aspergillii. Uh, so we, uh, so we used, but anyways, Leslie, I hope that's helpful. Kira, did I get it right? Yeah, I think I want to say a little bit more about blessing generally, because, um, 
you know, I was taught or, you know, sort of the short version of like what a priest can do that a deacon can't do is absolve, bless and consecrate. Right. Um, but really, you know, anyone can bless, right? I mean, if you pray before your meal at dinner with your family and you're blessing the food. So blessing is, um, something that any Christian can do. I think what priests are doing is like pronouncing God's blessing in a particular Basically way. using the authority of the church. Yeah. We, we yeah. Like pronouncing by, the church's blessing like, on say a marriage, like we were right. kind of talking about. Um, right. We are but, spokespersons. We're spokespersons for um, the, the Christian, you know, the Christian brand. Yeah. We are, we are, we are official spokespersons of the, like if I walk around saying um, that In-N-Out Burger is the greatest burger, um, I'm, I'm correct. Right. But like, I'm not an officially like, I'm not an official sponsor of In-N-Out Burger. They're not paying (laughs) me to say that. But if like, but, but like, so see me when I bless things, it's like, I'm the manager of the In-N-Out Burger saying that In-N-Out is great rather than a customer going around and saying it. That's a really crass, crass way to describe what we do, which is why I like it so much. <laughs> well, I mean, I think the, the what I want to communicate is that everybody is capable of, of blessing. You know, yes. I, I know a lot of parents that bless their children on their way out the door yeah. or, um, you know, there are ways of blessing that are not necessarily the church blessing a thing or the priest requires a priest to bless a thing or a, an event. Right. Um, but there is also, I think it's a, um, when we talk about something like blessing animals or other churches have something like blessing of the bicycles blessing or of the blessing, backpacks. You know, yeah. Blessing of the backpacks. Um, I got I a friend asked, in Jersey. I got a friend in Jersey who blesses fire trucks. Yeah. I was asked by some relatives to, to bless their RV when they, right. when they got a new RV that they were going to spend a good portion of the year living in. Yeah. Um, you know, we bless houses. Yeah. And and part of that is about we as representatives of the church are pronouncing our blessing on that thing. And we're saying this is important to you and it is important to your life and your livelihood. Um, and the church blesses yeah. it and prays for safety and peace and um all those, all those wonderful things for it to be a place of love. Uh, and wholeness and safety. Um, but it isn't necessarily like we have to, you have to be a priest to do that. <laughs> right. Right. It, I'm going to put right. myself out of a job just by talking about this. <laughs> no, I mean, I think, I think that's why I go to like, like we have, you know, we have a specific, we have a specific bodily entity uh, called the church and the church has specific people who it asks to be official sort of spokespersons of, of our community and so when we bless something that we are doing so in the name of the community, but it doesn't mean that it's somehow a better blessing than a blessing that you would give on that, that, that a lay person would give on something. I think that's right on. I think that's right yeah. on um, my, my, uh, or when someone sneezes, Leslie says, that's right. Yeah. Because remember when they're sneezing, their soul is trying to escape. Right. And when you say bless you as, as Milhouse says on the Simpson, when you say bless you, you're, you're cramming their soul back in. Uh, so you're welcome, I guess is what I'm saying to people. Right. <laughs> um, um, and I like Mireya pointing out that uh, that they actually have inmate dog training programs that teach empathy through caring for a pet, um, which is a blessing. Um, Kathy Baggett uh, emails me and says, 
um, you know, isn't, isn't blessing something, whether it be pets or people or whatever, isn't it just recognizing God's presence in them? And while I think that's sort of an abstract way of thinking about it, that's not an insult, by the way, Kathy, um, not an insult. Um, I think, yeah, I mean, overall, when you get, I think so. Um, I would say it's recognizing God's favor, but I think the way that God shows God's favor is in God's presence. I mean, I think God's presence is a blessing. So yeah, I think you're right. Um, and of course, as Kira said, anyone can do that. Um, but our real topic for today. <laughs> well, no, I mean, this is great. Oh, well, this I kind of wanted to lead into, yes. um, so we bless our animals. We've blessed our cats and dogs and I've blessed a tortoise and chickens and whatever else might show up. Um, but do animals have souls? Do animals have souls? Friends. Um, I mean, first of all, I think we should define what, what is a soul? I think that's the only way to get go forward. <laughs> so how, so what's a soul, Kira Austin Young? So what is a soul? So um, most, you know, not even speaking specifically Christianly, uh, most kind of religions, theology, philosophy, uh, describes the soul as like it's it's different from your living, breathing, conscious body. It's what gives you your personality, your rationality, um, your kind of all all of that, all this stuff that kind of makes you you. Mm -hmm. our mind, emotions, will, it's sort of who we are as in humans, as a human being. Uh, and then to kind of, you know, when we think about what happens after we die, the idea is that, you know, our, our souls and our bodies are, are distinct from one another. And mm. while our body may die, our soul is, has some quality of immortality yeah does that yes so i mean what we're really like so so no i think that's right the soul is that thing that yeah and that word soul is tricky because the word soul that, that's used in greek is suche is often translated as as life but is yeah, a different like, word for life than, like it almost and it also it has that can, um connotation of like psyche it's kind of the, right, that's where we get the where word we get right? the that's word get from. psyche and then so in it's, latin it's anima which is like you know animation it's right. what makes you what animates you what animates you <laughs> so we do separate in some way we are stating that there is something a spiritual reality that is a part of you but is but is not but that that is not um confined eternally to the body your mortal body mm -hmm. Mm. Man, it's pretty improbable, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, this whole thing that we're hinging our whole lives on. Yeah, and I, but I think, um, you know, we certainly get this sense, especially those of us, as we were kind of talking, who have been around death, that there is something that, I mean, it isn't just, breath like that's that's what we get right from the bible when god creates human beings god breathes into them and sort of insoles them with breath 
Um, there's mm -hmm. a tie to breath. There's a tie to spirit. Um, there's a tie to, to the divine. And, and yet I'm also very hesitant about the separation between body and soul because yes. as Christians, um, we proclaim a bodily resurrection. Thank you. So there is this sense that like, well, the body is just this vessel and um, it's not that important. Like what's important is your soul, your spirit, your mind, your heart. I mean, I'm using all those. Well, it's like, I've seen, you've seen that, you've seen that, you've seen that, you've seen that post that says like, you're not as, you're not a human being have a, having a spiritual experience. You're a spiritual being have, having a human experience. And I'm like, nope, that's not true. That's yep. not true. I am a human being. And I wouldn't say I'm having a spiritual experience. I don't think that's the right language, but um, I think there's a spiritual element to my humanity, but, right. but I'm a human being. And by the way, and Kira and I are, this is a place where we are in lockstep about um, the, the church historically and currently, whether people realize it or not, proclaims a bodily resurrection, which means we believe, whether it's exactly the body parts we have here or something else, that when we are in eternal life, that we will be, there will be material to us, that there will be some physical material reality to our resurrected uh, soul, uh, that it's not just a bunch of spirits in an ether somewhere or living on in a memory or an idea, but there is an actual physical substantive reality to the resurrected life that is part of us. And the fact that we don't understand it doesn't mean we don't believe in it. I'm actually, now I'm just speaking for you. Does that sound right? Is that a fair thing to say about you? Yeah, well, I wanna, um, this whole tension comes from the very different worldviews of sort of the Hebrew Bible and what arose out of the lived experience of the Hebrew people and Jewish scriptures, and then the sort of Greek ideals that were going around around the time of the New Testament and early Christianity. So, um, you know, you get this kind of Greek idea of the spirit being something or the soul being something that lives on yeah. long after you, um, or that has some kind of degree of immortality, where the Hebrew worldview is much more that like it's 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 one thing and when you talk about the soul it just means like the thing that is endowed with life right and when you talk um, about and so when you talk about jews who believe in the resurrection of which jesus was one mm -hmm. you go to jerusalem and you still today can see these graves that are all pointing towards the holy hill in in yes. the belief and 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 you there are very specific rules in jewish graveyards about how the remains are treated because the expectation is that they will be raised up in those physical bodies mm -hmm. when they when when the last day comes that there will be a resurrection that will be a physical resurrection of that body and christians have sort of um like many other jewish things we've just sort of taken what parts we like of that and bastardized them and done what we'd like um <laughs> in Jesus name. So it ends up being okay, I guess. But I mean, that's the idea, right? I mean, that's the, that's the Jewish idea. And it has been married to a, a, a as you said, a Roman kind of Greco-Roman philosophy, which is different. Mm -hmm. And we've, and we've sort of like done our mishmash of that. Yeah. <laughs> so if that's confusing, I mean, good, like it should be. And right. I think there are places where Paul really kind of does talk about the separation of the soul and the physical body um, in ways that seem to challenge what you and I are saying. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's tricky, but to kind of realize that those are two schools of thought that are kind of happening in our same 
religion, kind of religious genealogy in a way. Yeah. <laughs> um, so do then do animal, I mean, here's the other thing. Humans are animals. Humans are animals. And we, uh, we have this idea that somehow we are different than the rest of, well, that we are different from creation. Mm -hmm. And while we might be distinct from the rest of creation in our cognitive and intellectual abilities, which I'm not minimizing, those are a big deal and might actually be the big difference, maybe. Um, we are distinct in specific ways in terms of our consciousness and how we experience it. But we are, even in the story, just one more piece of creation. And we are part of the animal kingdom, as it were, which really bothers us. Yeah, like biologically, we are animals. <laughs> well, it's like, like that shit, like man versus nature. And you're like, man is nature. Like, <laughs> we're just a part of nature, humans. Anyways, so yes, so what do we do with that? So here, so, so historically, I believe that the, churches, I don't know about the Episcopal church, but more traditional churches, the, the Catholic church, I believe the Orthodox church would argue that animals absolutely do not have souls and that um, dogs don't go to heaven. Uh, they're lovely and fantastic if you like them, but that animals don't have a soul and animals don't have an afterlife. And we, you and I grew up literally believing all dogs go to heaven because there's a movie about it and everything. There's a movie. <laughs> Movies don't lie very formative experience for um, right. our generation, right. actually. <laughs> yeah. So what do we do with that? You know, I think I, I was doing a little preparation for this topic, actually. So I'm so glad that you did, because I, I, I kept meaning to. I was like, I'm going to grab my I'm going to go find this section in the Summa and see what Thomas says. And then I did yeah. Oh, Thomas says absolutely yeah. not. He says no, not not absolutely all. not. Um, I think, you know, my mind has maybe been a little changed by this. I, I believe that animals have souls. They are probably different kinds of souls than humans have ah. in terms of that, which persists long after our body is gone. But I think anybody that has worked with animals, either as a pet or just has, has known animals knows that they have they have personalities. They have, yeah. um, th there is something in there that while it isn't the kind of rational consciousness that humans have, um, is, is there is a kind of soul like presence that is animating. Um, there's a, know, there's a, they make decisions. They make decisions. There's a consciousness, even if there's not a, even if there's not a self-awareness the way we would think of it. There's a right. consciousness that exists. My dog knows who I am and has feelings for me. That's just a thing. Yeah. That needs to be reckoned with if we're going to have a serious conversation about do dogs have souls? Right. <laughs> right. And even, you know, I mean, people that are, are zookeepers or who study other kinds of animals, you know, they know, and, you know, I have friends that have chickens. All the different chickens have different personalities. That's 100% true. Some are, some are scared. Some are right. brave. Some are friendly. Some are antisocial. Like, they have um, characteristics. And maybe this is just, you know, maybe we're anthropomorphizing too much. <laughs> well, I don't um, know. Are we? I mean, that's the thing. <laughs> are we attributing human characteristics to animals? 
and like maybe I don't you know um I think one of the things is if I believe that animals have souls you know I'm not a vegetarian I eat them for food well yeah and that's why it's called soul food sorry I'm sorry I'm sorry (laughs) I apologize and the joke. more we learn about animals and intelligence and, and things like that, I mean, I, I'll put it out there that yes, I eat animals for food and I am also like kind of uncomfortable about it. And I have sort of my own ethics around it where like, you know, I know people that like can't eat meat unless it, if it's on a bone or if it looks anything like the animal that it was a part of. And I feel like if you can't reckon with that, like you don't need to be eating meat. Like, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I think I, I, I think that I, I think my most, I don't have a problem with eating animals. I do think that um, the way that we've set up eating animals in our culture is, is just debauched. I mean, it just feels yeah. really, really disconnected from any kind of care for creation. But I think, you know, you look at the people who, who, for, for centuries, for millennia, people cared for animals and then killed them and ate them. And mm-hmm. that it, and it wasn't seen as a sign of disrespect to the creature. But I think it's like, I actually like, I've gone pheasant hunting and we ate the pheasants. Mm-hmm. And if you shoot a pheasant down and it's not totally dead, you grab it and you wring its neck. Mm-hmm. But you wring its neck because you don't want something to suffer. Right. By the way, like you break yeah, something's I mean- neck because it's suffering. how like if you were raising chickens in your backyard to slaughter them it's a quick you know so i'm reading headache. so i'm reading for whom the bell tolls right now oh i've never read that have you ever read for whom the bell tolls i went through a big hemingway phase yeah. so yes <laughs> so there's this whole chapter chapter 10 that is about this woman recounting a story where they they killed all the fascists in their town Mm-hmm. and in it 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 but there's also there's conversations about like yeah i mean i don't think killing is right but i've killed people and in this is in the context of a war in the mm-hmm. turn of the century spanish civil war and they're like this one guy's like yeah no i mean like killing's wrong and the other person's like but you've killed people and he goes uh-huh yeah and i'll do it again and i know why i did it and i understand it but also I don't know that I think it was the right thing to do, but then there's this character, there's this person that they kill and, and this, what it turns, they're, they're like killing all these fascists in their town, like in mm-hmm. this ritualistic fashion. And this one person, this, I just read this this morning and I was like on the elliptical reading about them killing fascists, which I mean, it, nothing like killing fascists to get your blood going. That's right. <laughs> which, which, which by the way, now is apparently a controversial thing to say in America. Like if you're anti-fascist, all of a sudden that's controversial. But anyways, I digress on a digression. So, um, but in the story, like, there's this one guy that they kill and in the woman watching who's telling the story is like, that's when everything turned for her. Cause she was like, I get that we're killing all the fascists and he's a fascist, but, and so if he needed to die, then he needed to die, but he shouldn't mm-hmm. have died like that was her point. Right. Literally. She was like, like he, she, he, he, he should like, there can be dignity in death. And that's not what we gave that person. Right. And so I, I'm comfortable with the possibility that you could kill an animal and eat it. But I think that the way that those animals are treated in their life matters. Yeah. I want to um, touch on Leslie's question about, you know, this basically about do, do plants have souls? What does that mean? Oh, yes. For thank you. Thank you. Our ability to kind of 
to, to eat and survive. Um, and, and frankly, I mean, I think we need to reckon with the fact that post fall, anyway, I don't know what the whole situation was in the Garden of Eden, but um, post fall, most of nature is characterized by violence. Even if I don't eat an animal, um, the, the, know, lion, my, the lion is not actually going to lie down with the lamb without divine intervention. Right. right. I mean, my dog killed a baby bird. Yeah. <laughs> my dog killed a mouse a month ago. Yeah. And I was horrified. Yeah. And yep. um, there's, there's a level of violence, even if we try to opt out of it, that is present in, in nature for the survival. I mean, a bird eats a worm. Even herbivores are, yeah. you know consuming bugs along with the grass there is death for there to be life yeah and the idea that death is inherently bad is something that we should be dealing with too like resurrection as the thing that fixes a bad thing except that mm -hmm. things but like things die and and man if nobody ever died there'd be way too many people yeah you know i've the, around the springtime spring summer I was having a lot of issues with a local Facebook group because um, people were finding a lot of like bird, small birds that had fallen out of nests and uh, other kind of animal, mice, possums, other kind of animals that were having babies around this time um, that had either been injured or hurt or abandoned by their parents, mother, and everyone like really wanted to like fix the situation. Right. And part of me was like, I get that impulse. Yep. But also things die. Like, yes, that's right. Birds have a lot of babies and some of On them purpose. are gonna die. Right. Like, I mean, we just had this, we just had this big cicada uh, brood, uh, brood X, which had billions, literally, or trillions of cicadas pop up. And a bunch of them after being in the ground 17 years, like finally pop up and they're like missing a wing. Yeah. or get smushed on, we get eaten by a squirrel on the way. Yeah. And it's like, you're like, oh, buddy, but that that's that's the deal. Yeah. That's the actual deal, <laughs> right? Um, sorry, go ahead. No, I was I was thinking on my walk today with the dog, how, uh, you know, we've been taking these dog training classes with with the dog and our, our trainer was like, yeah, you know, here's the thing, like dogs, they've got to be given structure they've got to be given you know yeah. you kind of need to make the choices for them because if they're if they're just left to their own devices they're going to make a lot of really bad decisions yep. and i was like you know what are you know who else is like that humans oh yeah <laughs> all the things we say about dogs are true about people um yeah. <laughs> and by the way and this is what it's like with kids people people will be like oh man kids you know they just want whatever they want no matter what anyone says and i'm like that also sounds like adults go on <laughs> they're like, well, kids get cranky when they're tired. Check. Okay. Oh, that kid, that kid was hungry. And that was his only problem. If he just eaten something check, like you just make like go down the list. Well, that kid was just believing and saying a bunch of silly things that weren't based in reality. Look, take a look around you. You're describing the world of all humans, but yes, <laughs> I, so I'm with you. Uh, uh, and this, this points to the possibility of dogs having souls. I want to address the plants thing really quick, and then we need to decide if dogs go to heaven. Okay. Um, and then elephants. Um, and then elephants. I mean, we know cats go to. I won't say it. I was just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm. To I am actually very kidding. Cats are 
lovely. I think they're wild animals that we've pretended to domesticate is my problem with cats, but, and I'm also allergic to them. If I wasn't allergic to them, there'd be 12 in this house. Okay? Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I'm fine. I live with tiny panthers. It's good. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that's the thing is they literally, I grew up with cats and aside from being allergic to them, I would be sitting in there like watching TV and they would just literally every once in a while jump on the back of my, on my, on my back and scratch me and bite my head. And I was like, <laughs> I was just sitting here. <laughs> so I have, I have issues with cats, but I know that that's not fair. No, I don't think rocks, plants, and and dirt have souls. I know that grass is alive. I, again, I think this is the difference between being alive and having some kind. I think the soul as something distinct is is important. And I don't think that plants have souls. Um, I'm not sure. I think animals have souls, actually. Um, or I, I'm not sure that animals. I'll just say I'm not sure that animals do experience the afterlife. Um, and I, and if it and if so, fine. That being said, um, does that make me a bad person? Yes. Yes. <laughs> no, I, I, I don't. So I don't. There's a whole lot I don't know. Mm -hmm. I definitely know that there's nothing in the scriptures that tells us that animals go to heaven or have any kind of life after death. None, right. none, none, including, but, but what we do have is, and, but we also, scriptures aren't, scriptures also don't mention dinosaurs. And we know they exist or existed. Yeah. And will again. Um, thanks, science. Um, yeah. Well, so here's the thing, right? Again, we kind of need to like back up a little bit and say like, well, what is heaven? You know, because I do think the right. Bible is clear that animals are not, maybe I shouldn't say that, that the Bible is clear because the Bible is rarely clear about anything. Rarely. Um, but in, in the pictures of the new creation, both in the old Testament prophets and in the new, there is creation is present. You know, I mean, you mentioned earlier, like the lion lying down with the lamb yeah, and the child playing over the nest of, of an adder. Like these are, these are images that are present about like the new creation, right. the new heaven, the new earth, um, you know, after Jesus comes back and God okay. restores yep. creation. Is that, to me, that's different from quote unquote heaven. And I do think that animals, pets, whatever, are will be present in that new creation. This is exciting. But when we talk about heaven, I think we're often thinking of like that place up in the clouds. With that the you go when gate. you die as a reward yeah. for your good behavior and believing the right things. Yes. Yeah. And so I don't, what I don't know, and I, I'm, I think I want to come down on this weird place where I do think animals have souls, but that those souls do not persist after death. I'm and therefore I are think not I'm, subject I'm, I'm comfortable with that. I'm mostly comfortable with that. Okay. I'm mostly, I think, um, I think it's a coherent point of view, first of all, and I like coherence a lot. Um, secondly, it's nuanced. It creates space for the possibility of different kinds of ways of soul being. I think that's a really important thing, that different kinds of souls have different purposes and different existences. And the idea that just because we have a soul means we're immortal. No, the radical nature of what, like, here's the thing that people, we got to understand as 21st century Christians. It is not supposed that we are inherently, that there's any part of us that is inherently immortal, including our soul. That is hard. So let me say that again. It is not a given in the Christian faith that because you have a soul, you are immortal. 
our language in our scriptures and all over our burial rite, all over our funeral service. You alone are immortal and we are mortal. The resurrection that God, that we believe in, is a, something that is not natural. It is not inevitable. It is only inevitable because God chooses it to be inevitable. We were not, according to Christian theology, we did not pre-exist, and any existence post-creation, uh, post-death, is miraculous by its nature. Hmm. So that being said, I came into this conversation thinking that animals don't have souls and they don't go to heaven. I think that animals go to heaven now. <laughs> but okay, so but my picture of this eternal life mm -hmm. is like all of that which is life and has been life, like is given a place to continue into that. I don't know how else to decide, describe it, but like, yeah. but like, why not? Why not ants in heaven, right? Although I don't know, like mosquitoes? I, I was just gonna say like mosquitoes and like maybe roaches, I don't know. <laughs> I, just... <laughs> I, I don't know. So yeah, maybe I don't then. Maybe just dogs. Maybe just dogs. <laughs> I think you're right. I think they have souls and they don't go to heaven. And, 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 and that's, I think that's, you're right. I think that you're right. And what I'll say is that doesn't, make you a bad person there. Now someone's told you, even though Kira Austin Young, you do not believe animals go to heaven. You are, you are not a horrible person. Thank you. You're welcome. You are horrible for many other reasons, but not, for, I'm just kidding. You are yeah. not a horrible person. <laughs> Here's what I think, I think then, uh, okay. That that reality, uh, we are able to love something and that doesn't mean that doesn't mean that it if it doesn't go to heaven it doesn't mean that that love didn't matter yeah i think i really want to push back on this idea and maybe it's because i've listened to too many country songs about that heaven is just full of the things that we like to do like that's our vision of heaven right it's um, just it's just us playing Ping it's pong where with I Jimi can, Hendrix and yeah, it's where I can go fishing and uh, hang out with my dog and watch football all day. You know, yes. Um, I think there's. I'm pushing back in part against a very sort of cultural vision of heaven that is not, um, that's not biblical, frankly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would love heaven to be just like what I want to do all day. <laughs> I think it was like the good place. Yeah. What's fascinating about the, well, I can't, I don't want to spoil the ending, but I, I the, the, have you seen the good place? Yes. Yeah. We got to talk about that offline because the way that that show ends, it might be, and I was not prepared for it to be, I really like, I resisted that entire show is one of the best shows of all time for the record. Mm -hmm. It's one of the best television shows of all time, period. Comedy, drama, doesn't matter. Good place is one of the best shows of all time. And the first season is the most exciting because of the premise. But then every season after it, they continue to deconstruct the premise. And you think, therefore, it's going to get sort of Rococo and like sort of fold back on itself and, and somehow fall apart. And like there'll be many uh, metaphysical sharks being jumped. 
yeah. that never happens. It only goes deeper into a, a philosophy or a, a perspective that's powerful. And it ends beautifully. Like it ends in a magnificent, like soul changing way for me. But, but um, the idea is that like that have that, that the first at the good place that the construct of that first season is it's all the stuff you like and, and you can eat all the frozen yogurt you want and no, and no, uh, and no calories, you know, you don't gain any weight or whatever. Right. There's shrimp um, cocktail everywhere. <laughs> right. Um, uh, but that being said, Leslie makes kind of the point like, yeah, but like, I really want my cats to be in heaven and I want to believe that. And here's what I'll say. Like, this is one of those things where I think you should believe that genuinely. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying this like to be like, like pat you on the head or anything, Leslie, because you know, that's not our relationship. Like if you buy that, believe that. And if like well, clock's going to go off and it's going to ring a lot, because I guess it's 12. Um, if, <laughs> if you, if you're right, if you're right and we're wrong, like we're wrong in a way that's not going to, we're not ruining the world here being wrong in this way. No. Like, and if you're wrong and we're right, same. Like, yeah, like I'm not gonna, you know, if people really want to have that vision of, of heaven and especially like when coping with a death or a loss, like yeah. I'm not going to like disabuse them of that notion. Right. And also, and also like, who, again, who says we're right? One of us is a heretic and, and frankly, what it's a very light heresy, <laughs> but, but here's the deal. You know, Leslie says, I'm not emotionally mature enough to at this point in my life to give that hope up. Maybe we're not emotionally mature enough to recognize that the kind of love that we can experience with pets transcends even our own theological and biblical understandings. Like, like I just, I, I think Kira's point makes sense. And I think I'm on board with it, but also like, dude, if I get to heaven and Django is there, yes, <laughs> I will be the happy. I love that dog. Yeah. I love that dog. And that, I don't know how to, this is not the way to end this conversation. However, when your dog dies and you get another dog pretty quickly, like that says something different about pets than it does about people. Mm. But I got a, I got another dog within, five, we got a dog in five days. Oh, wow. That's a whole other conversation. <laughs> and we love our dog. We love Fran, his name is Francis. Yeah. And you're thinking, oh, like St. Francis, right? Um, no, I named him, at, we, we named him after Frank Sinatra. He's named after Francis Albert Sinatra. So <laughs> I always tell people he's named after my favorite Catholic. Yeah, it's okay if people are like, oh, your dog's name is Ruth, like after the biblical character. And I'm like, or after the Supreme Court justice. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly right. I think I've already told you that Paige is getting a beta fish because she wants to name it Ruth Beta Ginsburg. No, no. <laughs> she was like, dad, I want to get a beta fish. And I was like, no, dude, you had a beta fish. That didn't, that was not great. And then yeah. it, died, it was sick and then it died. We're not getting you a beta fish. She's like, no, no, I can handle a beta fish. I'm like, I'm not, you don't need a fish. And she's like, but dad, I want to name it Ruth Beta Ginsburg. And I was like, let's go to the pet store. That is a girl after my own heart. You you and Paige, I can't wait till you hang. Okay, uh, what have you been listening to, Kira? Um, yesterday, I went down a little bit of a Willie Nelson rabbit hole and yeah. listened to Redheaded Stranger on repeat. Yes, yes. <laughs> One of my favorite general, genuinely problematic albums. Yeah, oh, it's super, there's some super weird stuff on it's, there that I'm like, mm, that didn't age well. That didn't age well. That didn't age well is exactly right for a lot of the, of the themes on that album, but it is a phenomenal record. <laughs> So Leslie did point out some people do the same with spouses that we did with dogs. That's a fair point. That's a very fair point. 
Um, okay, uh, so so redheaded stranger, have you listened to the album Stardust? Um, what are we by Willie, Willie Nelson? Willie Nelson. I, no, not recently. Okay, so Stardust is the album right after Redheaded Stranger, and Redheaded Stranger was his big like, oh my gosh, came into his own, and so mm -hmm. he immediately followed by doing an album of standards. Yes, <laughs> and I I loved Redheaded Stranger more growing up, and now I love Stardust. It's like my favorite Willie Nelson album. Um, but yeah, Redhead Stranger is great. Can I Sleep in Your Arms Tonight is one of the best songs. Mm. And Blue, his version of Blue Eyes Crying in the Rain. Blue Eyes Crying in the Rain. I mean, I grew up with some of that, like oh. just because that's like what my parents were listening yes. to. Um, but I didn't ever get the whole album. Yeah. And there's- no, a it's, it's good. There's also a uh, local taco place in my neighborhood called Redhead Stranger. So. Yes, I love it. I love it. What have you been listening to, Phil? What have I been listening to? Um, I I went on a little Solange kick the other day. Mm -hmm. Did I say her name right? Yes. Okay, I don't want to screw that up. I'd be embarrassed. Um, but I went on a little Solange kick the other day, and then um, and then there's a new Neil Neil Young live at Carnegie Hall in 1970 album. Um, he put, keeps putting out at live albums from like the seventies and mm -hmm. they all are basically him by guitar singing the same songs. And every time I'm like, thanks, that's great. Let's do that again. I'm in, I'm totally in. Yeah. Um, and then <laughs> I- and give, been, give me, here's my money, take my yeah, money. Take my money, please. And then I'm in a big, uh, there's a new Brandy Carlisle album. There is, yeah. And it's quite good. It's very, very good. Awesome. It might be great. I'm not sure yet, but it's very good. <laughs> I um I went to see Big Frida in concert on Saturday night. Yeah, how was that? It was um it was very intense. You know, I, my husband was like, "What are we going to see?" And I was like, "Well, it's it's more about the show. Like you don't have to like love the music, but it is about like the show and like wear your dancing shoes. It's going to be like a party. Nice. There was a lot of twerking, not oh. by me or my husband. <laughs> Why not? Why don't y'all? I don't know how. Actually, because so. I'm too old. <laughs> I'll throw out my throw back. my back. Yeah, I was. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine going to your doctor? What happened? I was twerking. I was twerking at a concert. Um. So, but it was you know just a very like entertaining, energetic show. Yeah. Um, I'm jealous of you. That sounds fantastic. I have a show. Oh, oh, oh. I'm going to see the Stones. Oh. Yep. Um, I'm going to fly out to Los Angeles for one day and go see the Rolling Stones and come back. <laughs> I was going to say the Rolling this Stones is, are here on I've Saturday. Never, I know, I know. I've never seen them. Mm. And I'm sorry I missed him before Charlie died, but I've never seen them. And I am genuinely convinced this will be my last chance. Mm. And I just got into them in the last well few years. Be. And I've just got into them in the last few years. Yeah. But, but more importantly than seeing the Stones for my first and last time. <laughs> last week, I got tickets to Dylan, who's coming to Cincinnati. Oh. Probably my 36th or 37th time seeing him. Unque mm -hmm. I mean, very, very, very possibly the very last time I will see him. Yeah. Just because he's 80 and he's touring and you just never know. You just never right. know. If he comes back again through the town, I will 100% go again. But 
but this is this is a the, the, I got tickets to that for November. I'm very very excited. Very cool. So. All right, friend. We will see you next week. It was great to be with you all. And until next time, are you there, God? It's Kira and Phil and the rest of y'all who joined us today. Kira, Phil, and Leslie, and Kathy, and Mary, and, and Betsy. It's a good team. It is. Y'all take care. Have a good, good week.